we'd like to welcome you to the Institute's Leading Edge, a show dedicated to helping the automotive aftermarket service industry. Today, our panel is taking a good hard look at the benefits of training your team and not just the technical stuff. Here's what's coming up. I, th- um, I think, I think uh, sometimes owners, the transparency scares them when it comes to management. They're afraid to train, train their people because they're afraid they're going to ask the questions or they're going to see numbers that maybe might scare them. They don't want to share it. It's like, oh, what, is they, what are they going to think? From an owner standpoint, having been a tech, my natural draw is towards the tech stuff because it's comfortable and it's familiar for me. Even though I know and identify that I have training issues, uh, we have process issues and management issues as far as me being an owner. And I know that I need improvement in that. And I'm going to say that one of the one of the biggest shortcomings I see is we underestimate our abilities to teach, lead, and provide direction for our business. For a better business, a better life, and a better industry, the Institute's Leading Edge. All right, welcome to the Leading Edge, episode 33. Um, today, we're going to be talking about training and the cost of training and the value of training. And I think uh, we need a caveat uh, to start our meeting, and that is that uh, I am a consultant and a trainer. I live my life to do that. Um, uh, BJ, Bill, and Ryan are all trainers, so uh, we definitely have a a slant here. So right from the beginning, we want you to know that we're a bit prejudiced, uh, at least I am. Uh, and uh, and uh, and then we'll uh, go ahead and, and and move forward. The only uh, the only outlier we have here would be Kevin. Um, uh, so today on our our uh, leading edge, we have uh, Ryan Clo. Ryan is a shop owner with two shops in the Cincinnati area, and also a uh, um, consultant for the institute. Uh, hey, Ryan. We have Bill. Uh, Greeno, Bill has a shop in Truckee, California, and also works with our smart groups uh, for WorldPAC and the Institute. We have Mr. Kevin Eckler, um, who has uh, foreign car specialists Correct. in, in uh, uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, and has been involved with training uh, a lot. Um, and uh, last but not least, we have uh, uh, BJ Lee. Uh, who is um, uh, a consultant for the Institute and a partner here um, and also probably as prejudiced as I am, hopefully. <laughs> um, all right, guys, uh, you know, the topic uh, that uh, that Kent put on, the title was uh, Does Training Pay? Um, and uh, I think we need to maybe attack this from uh, another we'll, – we'll start in a different way. Uh, we have some shop owners out there who – don't want to train, who don't want to pay for training um, for different fears. Um, um, what do you say to that? Uh, um, let's start with Ryan. Ryan, what do you say to some uh, a shop owner who says, I don't want to train these guys because then they're going to leave me or I won't get my investment out of this? That's a tough one. I think there is and will always be some ego in the industry and people think, well, I... I can train or, you know, we can look this up on YouTube or Google or we know enough, you know, is there really even a benefit? Your point that you might invest in training and lose a staff member, I can understand. I actually one time spent a lot of money to send someone to the World Pack Expo and literally the next day I had to fire him. So it can't happen. It's, you know, I think really the, 
the, the pressure is on an owner to make an environment where they don't want to leave. And as interesting as it may be that training is part of that, I think a lot of people only look at the direct knowledge, which that's a, a huge component of training, but some other benefits that I've seen have also been culture, especially if you can take a group of people from your shop and you're outside the work environment, uh, having an experience together. Uh, and also confidence can be a big one. You know, everyone, myself included, we're, we're capable of a lot, but we're not always running at 100 or, or 90%. And I think sometimes just a little boost in confidence. So it can be a little bit of skill, a little bit of confidence, a little bit of culture. And I mean, be expensive, yeah. Uh, you know, there are uh, many different levels of training depending on how far you have to go. But, uh, you know, I don't know, at some point, I guess, you know, I took the plunge and, and saw for myself and had that experience and was like, wow, the, the world is bigger than just my little microcosm in my shop. And I remember the first time that I did it, the guys, I mean, we all came back and we were super pumped. So I could keep talking, but I'll, I'll let some other people chime in. Um, uh, Bill, do you think, um, do you think that if I do have a guy that, that I train and then he quits and goes somewhere else that, that that's do is isn't training just really par for the course. Isn't it just part of the, what has to happen if you want your shop to really run well and, and you want your people motivated? Yeah. So a uh, two part question there. If, if I train somebody and they leave and they go to work uh, in the window cleaning industry, then I feel like I've lost. But if I train somebody and they, go to work at another auto shop, then I really feel like a, the, you know, the rising tide idea, rising tide raises all ships. Um, and if somebody goes out and, and contributes to the industry, uh, somewhere else, that's great. Um, I think in the long run, yes, to answer the second part of your question, it's, it is, it has to be par for the course in, in, in my mind as a, as a business owner, I want my people to be up to speed on the latest technology and, and to have a really, really continually increasing understanding of their job and how to do it best. Um, uh, uh, Kevin, yes, sir. you, you, um, uh, thought process, um, nobody has a problem or very few shops have a problem training a technician, you know, sending a tech to a, say, a Worldpack class or a Carquist class or something in their, in their neighborhood. Mm -hmm. What, why is it so easy for them to do that and more difficult to do the management or learning how to run the shop training? Difficult question. Uh, from an owner standpoint, having been a tech, my natural draw is towards the tech stuff because it's comfortable and it's familiar for me. Uh, even though I know and identify that I have training issues, uh, we have process issues and management issues as far as me being an owner, and I know that I need improvement in that. But the, the natural, you want to go to an environment where you flourish and you feel comfortable and you feel good. And, and very few of us, I think, want to identify our weaknesses. There's a lot of ego involved. Uh, the management classes are incredibly important and really necessary. And I think once you commit yourself into them, you see tremendous gains and growths, and then you can see the worthiness of the investment. But 
I think a lot of us don't necessarily give it the credit that it should have first off. Uh, you train a tech, you can immediately work on something, you can see a physical result, and then I, I fix this, I figured that out, I have a physical, tangible thing that I can see. Uh, but from a management standpoint, a lot of us, I think, are, are fighting fears that we have within ourselves or we feel that that's not as important. I think we focus too much on fixing the physical product rather than creating a better environment or managing a better team or creating a better business with which that product can be performed inside of, if that makes sense. I don't know that I could have said it better myself, frankly. I, th um, I think, I think uh, sometimes owners, um, the transparency scares them when it comes to management. Right, oh, yeah. they're afraid. To, they're afraid to train train their people because they're afraid they're going to ask the questions or they're going to see numbers that maybe might scare them. They don't want to share it. Right? It's like, oh, what is they? What are they going to think? Right? They're going to think I'm making all this money or not making money or whatever that whatever that is. Um, so they don't want to share it and they just want to micromanage and do it the way that they've done it forever. You know. I, I, I'll tell you that your employees are going to make decisions about what you make whether they know what it is or not. I, I'd almost rather sure. have them know what it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I think keeping them in the dark is, is probably a, a mistake. Um, uh, uh, so let's, let's uh, a, a quick question. Um, BJ and I, we definitely show, I know that you show people the numbers. Um, Bill, do, you, do your people see the numbers for the business? Uh, anybody that wants to, and okay. the management staff has to look at them daily. Okay. Uh, Ryan, do your people see the numbers for the business? Uh, some of the numbers, yes. Okay. What do, you, what do you hide or what do you not show them? Generally speaking, things they don't have control over, you know, some of the fixed expenses, things like that. But sales, GP, hours, anything that they can influence and control, I believe that they should be a part of that. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, Kevin, what about you? Do you share numbers with your staff? We do. Uh, pretty much the same as Ryan. Uh, they know hours produced. They know a lot of the overhead and expense and being. They'll know what we do for a month. Uh, they'll know the, what we're doing weekly. They, they understand a good amount of everything that they can influence. Uh, and they know at the end of everything, we'll give them an idea on what we brought in net and how much of that we reinvested in tooling, how much we're saving for you know, towards a facility, how much we're setting aside for growth. It's not like, hey, how much money can you make me? How much did we do as a business, and how can we further invest in the business? Okay. So they're um, aware. I, 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 have, uh, I have two questions. I, I think the next one is, is for Bill. Bill, you do more non-tech uh, or non-management training than any other company I know. Um, so you, uh, you bring people in and you train, you guys do books, you read and, and, and stuff like that. Why, why, why the non-traditional stuff? I think that first of all, the, uh, the, the whole idea of training for me is that it gives people a, a idea of the future. It gives them an idea of a future in the job, but it also gives them literally something to look forward to that's coming, something to look forward to that, that they're going to be a part of. What I, and what I mean by that is, is that we, we need to be present and we need to be focused on the job, but we also need to have an idea of the direction that we're going in that job. And this is just one of those little pieces, I think, in, the, in it, it's almost like a trail marker 
it lets them know that they're on track towards the towards the destination, whatever that destination is. What I do with the with the non-technical uh, training is I I find things that are are relevant and maybe abstract, uh, but still somehow related to what we do every day, and I and I I I pitch it. Uh, to the guys that that's the that's the next thing we're working on uh, this year it was extreme ownership uh, the the book that many of you are familiar with and it's uh, it, it was just an opportunity for us to get together and talk about a common topic at the lunch meetings it was an opportunity for me to have conversations around that topic like oh hey did you, did you see how what just happened was directly related to what we just talked about and it, it just gives you a, again, little trail markers, little future ideas of things to work on and how we can improve ourselves. And, and it gives me the opportunity to uh, see them um, succeed and also work on little bits and pieces of their own personality, their abilities, their, their responsibilities each and every day. So I, and, and then I also allow them to, to choose from time to time too. If a technician wants to go to a management class, if a technician wants to go to a typing class, if a, uh, a service advisor wants to go to a technical class on Toyota Motors, I, I don't restrict it. Anything's fine. Cool. And then, of course, you're in your pay plan, there are bonuses built in for people who are educated. Yes, yes. And, <clears throat> uh, it's amazing that sometimes people look at those as penalties for not having gone, but that, that actually does happen even in my shop. <laughs> so Kent, Kent wrote a question here. Um, should training be done just by the shop owner and others within the shop or should outside trainers uh, or programs be involved? <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to modify the question. Uh, maybe not. Um, should we seriously consider outside training or uh, can we do it all within our company? Ryan, what, what do you think about that? You absolutely need both. I, you know, when you have an, any new employee, you have to onboard them and that's going to be training on your own procedures. You might have an assistant service advisor shadow your uh, service manager. You might have a, a new technician shadow the shop foreman. And that's all fine, and there can be ongoing training for those who are more experienced and less experienced inside of your own business. But I would not underscore the value of outside trainers. These people, they train professionally for a living. It's just different. They are, you know, uh, sometimes very gifted or excellent teachers or even more knowledgeable. I know that's hard to believe that someone can be more knowledgeable than a shop owner, but, uh, you know, particularly in the field of sales and any kind of management, I think there's a lot to learn. And yeah, no one's going to deny technical <coughs> training. I mean, you guys, your techs want to go out there and get ADAS training. I mean, you can't train that inside your own shop. You need that. So uh, the answer for me is, is unequivocally both. I think after 40 years of, of learning um, and a lot of that training, the last 15 training, I still learn a lot from other people and from other uh mainly books now but uh, i still learn a lot from other people it's it's really interesting to me uh even from facebook there's this conversation about 
you know, looking at your numbers a different way, which I never was taught to look at them that way. I never did. And now I'm starting to uh, bring that into how I look at the business. I think it's, um, I think it's extremely valuable to keep your mind open and to uh, learn new things from new people continuously. Um, uh, uh, Kevin, uh, do you feel like you have all you need to train your people internally? Absolutely not. Uh, I have, we all have a limited amount of knowledge and it, it's a small drop in an ocean worth. Uh, we'd be foolish to think that, I'd be foolish to think that I had enough technical knowledge, even though I've got many years and many situations to be able to teach my guys technically, they need to gain knowledge from people that have been in different situations and learned and understood beyond me. Uh, as far as business processes, I'd be foolish to think that I have everything I need to be able to adapt to today's business. And as societies change, as people change, as culture change, uh, technology is advancing like crazy. To sit here and think that the same things that worked 30, 40, you know, even 10 years ago will still keep a business sustaining on the, on the front edge of everything that's going on is foolishness. Uh, business practices change. As we often say, it's a relationship business, not a transaction business. There are a lot of times in the past where transactions were good enough. You did that, you handed that off, you produced a product, somebody bought the product, life was great. Uh, we've learned to develop relationships with people. We've learned different training techniques as technically things advance. And we've learned how to approach people on a sales platform as you know interpersonal skills advance. We've learned how to run a better business and the importance of culture not from just within, but from somebody on the outside having an honest, clean observation of what's going on to say, hey, I'm not sure if you're aware, but these things are happening. Have you thought about dealing with these issues in these particular ways? And I think uh, an honest, pure outside opinion is very, very valuable because it's hard to self-evaluate and see all angles and all perspectives. Uh, you only have a certain angle to that, and I think somebody else can inject a lot more wisdom. If I'm if I'm an owner, I've I've had employees that are um, that have like um, language barrier. Mm -hmm. um, I have a difficult time uh, learning uh, in traditional methods, uh, uh, etc. BJ, what do we do with these employees? Say that again. I missed part of that. I have, if I own a shop, um, you know, I've seen it over and over where you go in and you'll go, let's put this as a part of the pay plan, you know, ASC certifications or additional training hours. And yet I have some employees, I have some that, that don't want to take advantage of that or refuse to take advantage of that. But I have some that have learning difficulties. Um, you know, maybe they don't speak the English language as well or, or write the English language as well. And so it's much more difficult for them uh, uh, to necessarily say, go to a class and, and retain the information. What do I do with those people, the ones that they want to learn, but they, but they struggle to learn? I think we seek out the help we can for them, <clears throat> whether we got to hold them by the hand ourselves and kind of nurture them along and help them along. Um, I had a, an employee one time that was dyslexic, so he had issues, right? Um, so I got, I've seeked out, I'm sorry, a place where he could go and start working on that. And it really helped him along, helped him a lot. So, you know, sometimes people won't take that step to do it themselves. 
right? So you got to kind of hold them by the hand a little bit and because it's uncomfortable for them. But, um, uh, you know, if you do that and you go above and beyond to help them out and seek out the right help for them, um, as long as they've got the right attitude and they're willing to, to accept it and do the change, I think uh, it's, you know, really valuable. It worked well for us, you know. So sometimes you're going to have people that struggle in certain areas and we just have to find somebody within our team that can help them along or, you know, seek somebody, some outside help for them. As long as they're, you know, valued and, and they do a good job. Otherwise, you know, besides just training, you know, we, we do what we got to do. What about those, um, what about those guys that, um, I'm going to throw this your way, Bill, that don't want to get trained, that won't take a class, that won't, won't, won't waste their time uh, uh, on their own time. Yeah, that's those folks are those folks are tough, especially if they're a valuable member of your team. I have one of those, and he consistently argues that he doesn't learn anything from the classes that he goes to, and that he isn't able to apply the information right away, and and therefore he loses all the knowledge that he may have gained during the class that he argues that he didn't get anything out of anyway. Uh, and, he's, <laughs> and he's a 45-, 50-hour-a-week guy all the time, has been for years. Uh, I really like him personally, and, uh, and so I'm going so I'm gonna, I'm gonna to back up a little bit here, and I'm going to say that one of the, one of the biggest um, shortcomings I see, and, and I see it with myself uh, also as most owners, is – we underestimate our abilities to teach, lead, and provide direction for our business. And, and so we send people out to have these classes and, and expect them to come back with all this knowledge. But it really has to begin at home. And I'll, I'll back up to a couple things that, that other panelists have said. Uh, Kevin pointed out that he wants his people to take care of the business, that he wants them to see what it is they're contributing to the business. Um, and we need to we really need to couch our conversations that way, that this is for the good of the business. The business needs to be taken care of so it can take care of us. Something Ryan said about um, onboarding, it all has to begin when we onboard. And, and what happens typically after all this is we rely on others to provide that, that uh, information, that growing, that learning, that teaching um, to them. I think we... We don't act as the leader. We don't act as the teacher, and we need to, and we need to continually do that. So for me, um, with, with my guy who pushes back against, uh, against taking classes um, and has actually lost his bonus a couple times for not getting his 10 hours per quarter, um, I need to continue with him to make sure he understands how important it is for the company, Kevin, to continue to get better and improve and understand electric vehicles. Um, I also need to let him know that it is a condition of his employment and is part of our culture, Ryan. From the time that you started here it, till now, you still, nothing's changed. We still expect you to get your education. So kind of a long-winded answer to what you do with those people, but what you need to do is make sure that they understand that the expectation is there and really the requirement is there for them to contribute to the team. And to do that, they need to be educated. We need to make sure that we educate them to that degree. 
So let me take it one step further. Let's assume that we haven't had education as a part of our pay plans or even as a <laughs> mandatory part or existence of our employment. And now I need to make sure my people are being educated and that they're, that, that, that becomes a part of our employment. Uh, Ryan, how, how does a shop owner um, uh, do that, make that happen? Well, <clears throat> ideally, you, when you first hire someone, that is the easiest time to set the stage for what the expectations are. And my shop has grown over the years and a lot of shops are growing. You're gonna discover new things. And so yeah, you might at some point discover, wow, we need more training. And if every one of your current staff had been told on day one that this was an expectation, it would be much, much easier. But yeah, anytime you change the deal, uh, it can be tough. I, I think the best, uh, out there understand the need for training. I always love it when someone says, I want the training, I need the training. And so if you pull it out and all of a sudden say it, I mean, just like you were a service advisor, if you were one, you have to sell, you know, a vehicle service to customers, you have to be able to sell this to your staff. So first and foremost, you have to very clearly and deeply internalize why this is important and be able to essentially sell it to your staff. And I think if you have a staff that hasn't done it on, on average, I'd say half of them are going to say sure, you know, and maybe a couple more say sure, but they really don't mean it, but they'll do it. And you're probably going to potentially get one like, like Bill has that just says, you know, I don't need this and I don't want this. And I mean, I don't know. I, I think with all the stuff coming down the pipeline. It's I don't know if we're froze up or if it's just me. Nope. I... Hello? It's just you, I think. Just you. Can everybody hear me? Yep, you're gotcha. yep, I can hear yep. you. <laughs> and I also think the situation matters as well. So, for example, my one shop is Volkswagen and Audi, and it's hard to find training. So I need to be a little bit flexible with, and I've sent my guys this stuff <coughs> on and been like, we could have taught this class. So, but like for an all makes and models shop, and especially if you're working on hybrids and or if you're doing any of the you know new ADAS stuff, I mean, this should be a no-brainer. I don't know, Bill, about your guy. I mean, I don't know. It'd be tough. With the shortage of techs, if I had a guy that gave me 50 hours a week and gave me no comebacks and refused to train, I don't think I'd let him go. But I don't know. I would wish that he would be part of our team culture. And, you know, and uh, my guys joke about it. They got a, a cutout that says YouTube certified or Google certified. I try to be flexible and understand that, that there are a lot of ways to get the information that you need. And sitting in a classroom, I like it if it's really, really quality, you know, but there, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Some of them are closer. Some of them are farther away. Uh, and, yeah, we welcome Cecil back. We missed him back. <laughs> I don't know what happens. None at all. No idea. Confusing me. You're on the other side of the room now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cecil. Um, uh, just expanding on my my experiences and, and thoughts, but uh, yeah, welcome back. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be back. I'm so <laughs> glad that you guys could handle it while I wasn't there. Um, so there's two questions here that um, uh, Kent asked. One is, um, is all training created equal? Uh, and then I think the second is, how do you decide that this is a training that's uh, something I want my people to attend? Is there a process around that? Um, uh, as a as a consultant, I would I would I would tell you all training isn't created equal. 
Um, but, but I'll let you guys. Um, Kevin, how do you decide that this is a training I want my people to take? Um, some of it starts with the self-evaluation in the shop, and I look at my guys and their different skill sets, and depending upon who is offering the training makes a world of difference to me. There are certain providers that I know provide good general overview of how the system kind of works, but you're not going to get any real hardcore great information in there that's going to help you in a hard situation. But it may be great for a service advisor or a younger guy to just get the basic principles of how the system works. And there are other providers that I can look at and go, I don't care where it is. I don't care what it costs. We are going to that because I know that that guy is world-class and teaches incredibly valuable information that is worth whatever expense it costs. Uh, to throw WorldPack in there, their stuff is amazing. Their training that I have, I have never attended a class that I've walked out of and gone, God, that was a waste of money. I, I, it's like, okay, whatever it costs, I don't care. It's worth it. I'm going. There have been other training events where I brought the guys and they're like, yep, is it milk and cookies time yet? Because we got to go. Uh, but, and it depends on the kind of training too. I mean, we evaluate. Your, I'm sorry. Is your, money, is your money wasted? Not at all. And cookies training? Um, milk and cookies training, I would say, is, is a good general. It's good for the younger guys. The more experienced guys are a little bit bored, but by them being there, we have a, we have a different kind of culture as far as training goes. My senior guys uh, have really taken the younger guys under their wing and make it a point to help them grow and learn. So we have a fantastic culture. So even though it's milk and cookies training, they're still making sure the younger guys are sitting right next to them, paying attention, following in the books, not on their phone, not doing other things. So they're almost like they're, well, they are their mentors. They're, they're, Make sure, okay, did you see that point? Did you get how this works? Do you understand? And I see them having small conversations on the side to make sure there's clarity on things. So it's good in the development of the younger guys in the shop, and it's good in reiterating the basics in the seniors, and, and it cements the, the culture of learning that we have, which is really great. But my senior guys aren't going to walk away and go, whoo, that was amazing. I'm going to kill it tomorrow. Uh, but... I think the benefit in culture is worth it for that, but the price also reflects the quality of what you get. I can, I can tell you, um, uh, well, first I'll tell you afterwards, uh, we're at the halfway mark. So we're going to uh, break in for a Institute commercial. Um, we have a new advisor mastery group starting in October. Um, we're getting amazing results, uh, from our advisor mastery program, go online to the institute.com. Take a look. Um, the program includes 12 months of intensive education, um, that is guaranteed to optimize the potential in your advisor and help your shop uh, succeed. Uh, I think one of the things that the uh, that, that has really come out in the trainings is the um, uh, the advisor's confidence is is grown uh, quite a bit. Um, I think uh, Bill, you have someone in the advisor uh, uh, training course right now. What's what's been your experience with that employee and the and the program? Wow. Everything is amazing. Uh, his his confidence already a confident guy, uh, but his confidence has gone through the roof. He has learned uh, to really understand the numbers. He now follows the numbers weekly because it's required. But he also has a passion for it. He's always making sure that we know what his average repair order is. He's always making sure that we know what his margin on parts is. 
He's making sure that we know how many Yelp reviews, Google reviews uh, he got that week. Um, and, it, and, and, and all of it has just gone 300, 400, 500% above where it would have uh, been a year ago without the training. Um, uh, okay, uh, enough said about that, I, I guess. Um, if you are interested, go to institute.com, take a look. Um, we would love to have you uh, uh, in the class. Uh, the class will be filling up uh, uh, fairly quickly, we hope. And, uh, and so uh, take a look and, and let us know how we can help you. Um, I learned a long time ago when I started, uh, I was a technician who kind of got drafted into being a service advisor. And I think a lot of shop owners, uh, that's where they started. Um, and then later a manager and, and, and an owner and then a consultant. But I decided when I was very young that any education, everything I could learn would be fantastic. And, and I've taken a few classes where I, I left in the middle of the class. Um, I still paid for them. I, t I took a few classes where when I was done, I thought, wow, I wasted my time. But I think overall, the education that I've gotten has made me really good at what I do and, and confident at what I do. And that's super, super important, not just for me, but for the people that I'm going to have take care of my customers. Um, uh, uh, BJ, you have had a lifetime of education, I know, because um, I've been involved in part of it. Have you had bad classes, and, and, and how did you justify that, or, or how um, did you do that? I think, you know, some are better than others. You know, some maybe not so good, but how do we know unless we do it, right? I think we take that action to do it no matter what. Um, and, you know, even if you learn one thing, it was worth it. You know, maybe you didn't. I don't know. But uh, um, I, I think if you get involved in, in whatever whatever uh, business you're in uh, with the associations and getting involved with groups and stuff and you're discussing trainings that people are taking and doing and what they're having success with, um, you know, and you reach out to them and get that information, it's going to help you to, I think, find and, and, and seek out the better training. Um, because other than that, it's just trial and error. How do you know if you, you don't know, right? So, um, yeah, I've definitely had some, some stuff that wasn't so good, and I've had lots that was good. But, uh, um, you know, unless you reach out to people that are in the same uh, arena that you're in, um, you, it's going to be trial and error. And I'd rather see you not waste any more money than you have to. Uh, although I don't like to think of any money spent on training as wasted, but, uh, you know, uh, we want to get you the most bang for your buck. So, you know, just reach out, get on the group and ask people, you know, what are you doing for this training? What are you doing for that training? You know, what's worked well, what hasn't worked well, and see if that'll help you. See, Ryan, Ryan, go ahead. Sorry, can I jump in? So uh, one thing I think that's really important is the training is only as good as the follow-up. There needs to be a debriefing with every training. Uh, if, it, if an individual goes by themselves um, or if a group goes. And, and one of the best examples I have of that is uh, my entire team went to a class once and we got up halfway through and walked out. It was that bad. And the, what we did for the next hour was debriefed on, on what we didn't agree with and why our culture was different than what this instructor was teaching. And we had a brilliant... Uh, platform to launch from that this guy provided us. He didn't know that he was providing us with a great educational opportunity that we took on our own. Mm -hmm. So it's really what you do with the class. It's not about the class. Right. Sorry. So, so I want to, I want to, um, Ryan Doyle says even the milk and cookies classes 
I always try to find at least one thing, and so it's never a waste. Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. You can read it on online, but but um, uh, uh, I want to go. I, I want to go further in that. Do you guys have a uh, kind of a process for uh, um, when someone comes back from training for the debrief and all and all of that? I mean, do do, do each of you kind of do you do that, uh, Orion? Do you do that? I wouldn't say it's one of our more standard or official processes, but sure. I mean, as an owner, if time and money were spent on training, uh, of course, I'm going to want to know if I didn't attend the class myself, you know, what the details were. And honestly, I just echo what a lot of people said. Yeah, not every training is going to be great. It can't prevent you from continuing to give it a shot. And honestly, I mean, even if I spend four or eight hours in a, in a class and I can take one or two things that I use the rest of my life, it's worth it. You know, I mean, we've all been to those amazing classes and, uh, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I could say there's one where I didn't take a single thing, even if I walked out of it, but, uh, yeah, I think of course we're going to, we're going to discuss it and, you know, use that to decide, you know, what training decisions might be made in the future. Kevin, do you debrief? We do. Um, we've, it depends if it's one of the nights where we all go to the same class, we talk about it the next day at lunch. If I've sent one or two guys to a class, uh, to help them retain the knowledge and to help share the knowledge, we sit down uh, at lunchtime and I ask them a bunch of questions and have them go over the course, what they learned, what the high points were, what the go over first off the general operations of whatever class it was that they took, you know, be it air conditioning and have or whatever. Have them like AC as an example. Explain to us the difference of the relative of the pressures and humidity and how those things work, the changes we're seeing, electronic controls, yay, <laughs> all that stuff, and uh, just. It helps them remember so they didn't just sit there kind of suck it up when they know going into the class that they need to pay attention because I'm going to have them present it to the rest of the guys. It seems to bring about a better attention span. And it helps, it helps them have confidence because they're, they're regurgitating the information and they're not just like, oh, I think it works. Like So they make sure they know it and they say what they say with confidence. And then it helps the other guys understand and pick up different things. Like, hey, what are some things you got out of the class you had no idea about before? And they'll be like, oh, I learned this, that, or that. Or this model does this, or this operates in that way. Never would have known that. Thank you very much for sharing that. And then we kind of bounce into questions where we discuss that topic. And we may do it, depending upon the class, we may do it once at lunch, or we may do it for the rest of the week, uh, depending upon what it was. That way we I'm all there. learn from it. I love having uh, someone come in and, and maybe give us the top three things they learned from the class and share that. I think it helps them coalesce their thoughts and helps them put it into their memory. And then we get to learn something too. Um, I can tell you in teaching, I learn a lot every time I teach. Uh, even though I teach some of the same classes over and over, it's different people, different questions. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's very um, exciting. Um, uh, Bill, I know you do a debrief, buddy. What's your debrief like? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a document that the technician fills out first, so they get to put their thoughts together. And then generally it's, uh, it is done by the manager, not, not myself anymore. And, uh, and now after hearing Kevin, I think I'm going to ask him to start doing it at the lunch meeting and share with everybody and not just the manager. So thanks. You're welcome. Well, it also helps 
the guys build confidence because now if somebody in the shop has an issue with something, they go, wait a minute, I know they just took it. And they sound like they really know what's going on with that subject. Hey, what do you think about this? And they, they can bounce ideas off of each other and work with each other because they now recognize each other as more knowledgeable in that field. So it's a, a respect and confidence kind of deal between them too. It's a great nice. culture thing. Yeah, great. I love it. Love it. Love it. Do, do we... Um... Uh, do we think training in the automotive industry, I mean, we have uh, this shortage of technicians that we're all painfully aware of. Um, I even had a shop owner call me today who uh, is having a hard time because he doesn't have the staff of keeping up with the fixed expenses of the company uh, and, and just is really going crazy because they're having a hard time hiring somebody. Do we think because of our industry, because of the changes in the industries, that, that training is even more important in our industry today than it than it than for maybe other industries. Uh, BJ, what do you think about that? I don't know. I think it's it's always been important, important, and it always will be. Right? We have to keep pushing forward. Uh, I think we've come a long way uh, with the availability of training in our industry, and I think it's only going to get better. Um, I think we're becoming professionals and understand the need and the value of it. You know, uh, I just think we have to keep pushing it. Uh, you know, and I think all the information we've got here about how we, we take classes and we debrief and we talk about it, you know, we wouldn't have talked about those things probably 20 years ago, right? Uh, you know, you went to one of the, the classes that were pretty boring classes back in the day and, you know, a guy came back to work the next day and nobody really talked about it. How was the class? Yeah, it was all right, you know. Yeah, the uh, food so, was really good. Yeah, the food is really good. The pizza, the pizza was really good, you know. <laughs> you know so uh, I think uh, all the answers we have here as far as, you know, like, I really like the debriefing and what you guys are doing. Kevin's doing a great job, Bill, you know, Ryan. I got great stuff, guys. So, you know, um, we just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go on the training, I, I, we just hired a service advisor, and every single person that we interviewed through the service advisor process, it was – talking about the culture of the shop. We learn, we grow, we train, we're invested in each other. The business supports the families that are here. And if you're going to come on board with us, you're going to go out to Cecil's training. Uh, Service advisor is like straightforward. You're gonna do at least four hours of training a month. You are going to the service advisory mastery program because we want you to be the best that you can be. We want to provide you with all the tools that you need to be successful. We're providing an atmosphere that will allow you to succeed, a team that stands behind you that will do everything they can so that you can be successful. And we're going to equip you with everything you can and, and everything that you need to do an outstanding job so you can provide for your family as well as help us provide for ours. Uh, so anyone brought on board uh, is brought on board understanding that we're investing in you because we believe in you. We see your skill set. We want to enhance what you have. Uh, we want to help you be the best you can be because we all have a responsibility to each other. I hired a new tech who's been with us three weeks now. Uh, he's signed up for three different classes. Uh, paying for your hotel. Go take your classes. Here's a car to run down there. I believe in you. I know that you need these things to be successful. So let's do it and get it done. And do you worry about losing those people? I don't think so because I'm building a culture of reinforcement. It's not a heavy-handed discipline. It's, hey, I really believe in you, and I want you to excel to be the best you can be. Not like, oh, man, you know, you better get this or you're in trouble. It's, hey, you've done great with that. Would you like more? And I think people like the positive reinforcement and not somebody standing there with a stick. 
Yeah, there's a there's a statistic by the Association of Talent Development that 40% of employees who don't receive the necessary job training to do well in their positions will leave in the first year. Yeah. I mean, that's enough right there to open your eyes. To make you want to train, right? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you want to go to a job where you don't know if you can succeed? I mean, you change a career, you change a position, you come to another shop and you leave something that, whether you like it or not, is a steady paycheck and you come to another spot. If they don't assure you that they're providing everything necessary for you to be incredibly successful, hey, we're interested in your family. We want your kids to grow. We want you to develop. We want you to have great personal time and a wonderful life. Here's everything that we can provide so you can have that. I'd want to go for that. I wouldn't want it to be like, okay, here you go. Good luck surviving. You know. But does do, do we as an as an industry, you know, there's there, there's two thoughts in my mind. Yeah, fifteen percent, maybe twenty percent of the shops routinely train, right? But eighty percent don't. Um, uh, uh, do we as an industry do a good job of inter- bringing people in and having a training program or mentoring program? that makes it so that they're most likely to be successful within our business? Or do we often just bring them in and go, here you go, go work on cars? You know, what's the value of, uh, you know, forget going to a class. I mean, I think we all feel that that's very valuable, but what about an internal training program for my staff, uh, for the positions? Um, uh, Bill, don't you have, like a tech training, uh, you know, here's the first 60 days or something like that and a service advisor training. Do you have that, Bill? Absolutely, yes. Uh, we have outside of our, of our uh, employee manual that keeps us legal, we have our standard operating procedures document, uh, which, which Gary Gunter, uh, upon entering the service advisor mastery program, um, decided it was time to, to rewrite this year, and, and so he did. I think he, he, interacting with other service advisors, um, came to appreciate that we had one, and he also came to appreciate all the uh, all the foibles that that existed within it, uh, and how things change. And so, yes, uh, there's a it has everything in it from how to how to uh, answer the phone, scripting for different uh, standardized questions that we get, all the way through to the technicians and how a technician is trained. And a, a technician does not touch a tool in my shop for the first week. I don't care if if Kevin Eckler comes to work for me, he's gonna go and watch so that he can succeed in week two. He's yeah. gonna have all kinds of ideas. He's gonna know everything about everything that's happening with the cars. But what I want them to see is the process of how we do it. And I actually want them to be frustrated and bored by the end of the first week um, so that when they hit the ground on the second week, boy, they are rocket fueled. Does um, uh, uh, so a bunch of shop owners, if they watch this and unfortunately probably the ones that need to watch it won't, but a bunch of shop owners will go, oh my God, a week you pay that guy for a whole week and he doesn't work on a car, but, but he's a master technician. What are you doing, Bill? Right. Um, and, it's and hard. I it's yeah. hard for them, and I want it to be hard. They, I mean, the culture, creating the culture of a business where we want you to be successful and, and you're going to train and it's all part of who you are and part of who we are is invaluable to the ultimate, you know, kind of long-term success of the company and of the individual. And frankly, if I train you 
and, and you leave and you go somewhere else, the fact that I trained you and you're going to be more successful there, I think I'm doing the right thing, even though there is some cost. And I don't think I could do it without that. I mean, I, I don't know how we would not have continuous training in all positions in our company as part of uh, what, we, what we buy into uh, as, as, a, as a company. Um, uh, uh, Ryan, how do you feel about that? Um, specifically, how do I feel about? Yeah, that 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 idea, the uh, the culture of training, and 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 maybe even having somebody not work on cars for a week just so that they know how we do things. Yeah, I, I know. I touched on it before, and anyone who's been in this situation will understand. But you have the best opportunity on day one or week one. Once those habits of being in the business are there, it's just not impossible, but it gets so much harder. So if you do have a very established culture or you have processes, you know, like for technicians, we have a very specific way that we want the car inspected and estimated. And so I may not be a full week, but I'd be several days of a new technician, not necessarily working on a car, learning about safety in the shop, where everything is. Um, and, and just our processes. And it's like, I do not want you focusing on hours. We have a fixed salary. We have a fixed salary for the first two weeks. So it will not be about any kind of flagged hours. It will be everything about the process. And I just plan for it to be a little bit slower. And this is part of the deal. I mean, you know, a, a high level technician that works at your shop for several years is worth everything. And, and one that has been trained the, the way that works well with your shop, you know, you'll, you'll get that back maybe as a better way to look at that not look at it as a loss, but look at it as this is going to pay for itself in the long run. You just, you got to get your head out of that today and start looking a little more toward the future. So can, I throw in, can I throw in a story about this morning? So this morning, uh, Lisa and I stopped at McDonald's for breakfast. Uh, I order a sausage, egg and cheese sandwich, get it out of the drive through unwrap it. There's no sausage in the sandwich. I'm like, damn it. I get up, I walk in and go back in. I explain to the person on the counter, there's no sausage in the sandwich. Fine. They go make me another one, hand it back to me. We get up, I drive out. There's no egg in the sandwich. I'm like, crap. <laughs> so I walk, I walk back in. I'm like, yeah, the sausage is there now, but now there's no egg in the sandwich. Uh, like, you know, third sandwich, how are we doing this time? And the one behind the counter goes, oh, well, yeah, it's her first day. So sorry about that. So to reiterate your point. Do you want your customer who's there for their first-time experience with your first-time employee to go, oh, yeah, I forgot to put the oil in. Oh, I didn't know we filled with the washer reservoir. Oh, I didn't know that, you know. So your week of learning the culture and the process and everything, I was warning, wondering why my morning went to hell this morning. And I'm like, okay, well, that's what this story is useful for. Yeah, no sausage, <laughs> no egg. <laughs> like, it, right, fun. <laughs> it was their first day. Okay, I get it. But I didn't want to be their guinea pig that they learned on. Do you know what? I, I, I want to teach my manager not to tell the customer that it was the technician's first day, right? <laughs> Holy smokes. Yeah. So I, I commend you guys for taking the time and investing in your guys' kids. It's better to teach good habits than it is to try to correct bad ones. And I think that when you, when you do that, I mean, I, th I think there's some shop owners out there right now who are going to watch this. They're going to go, but not me. I can't do that. Um, how, how do how do they start? You know, how do they how do they start if they don't have it in their company? Um, uh, 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 BJ, how do, how does how does somebody start if it's not there now? Start doing like processes and and uh, training I mean, their employees I mean, from 
Yeah, let's say that I'm not, I don't have a culture of training. We haven't done a lot of training. I just have people, everybody kind of does things the way they do things. How do I start, get started on the, on turning that around? Well, why don't you get with your peers, talk with your peers, find out what they're doing and how they're doing it, right? Kind of like what we're doing here and throwing ideas out there, right? Uh, there's a lot of people doing it now, right? And if you're not doing it, don't know the first place to go, ask people, you know, how do you do it? And how did you learn how to do it? You know, they're sure that they've been to classes or they've been to, you know, even some of our classes or somebody's classes and they've learned along the way. So I think there's nothing more valuable than peer to peer, you know, talking to people, you know, and finding think, out. Go ahead. Yeah. I think you're saying, you're saying something really important. You know, even if I go to a class as a, as an owner, maybe I don't necessarily grab a lot from the class but I, but I get to know my peers and, and, and people that I can talk to. So we have lunch together and we talk about our, how do you do this? How do you get this done? Um, right. there's, there's the ASCCA, a wonderful group, uh, a, a great organization. There's the ASA, which is also a great organization. There's, there's the World Pack groups uh, yeah. where there, there are groups of shops that meet, which uh, 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 you know we have people involved in. Um, I think peer-to-peer is fantastic. And I think peer-to-peer actually gives me an opportunity to learn a lot without paying a lot. Right. Um, uh, Bill. So I think a, a really uh, great how-to in my mind, um, if you are watching this and you don't know how to get a culture of education going in your shop, I strongly advise you to close your shop for a day, bring in a consultant of your choice, and explain to them that you want them to teach you and your shop together how to move into this new uh, this new direction? Um, I I close my shop once a year for a reboot. I bring people in. I've had Ryan Clo, I've had Cecil Bullard, and a dozen others outside the industry, um, just to reboot and to reestablish the rules for the road that include education and uh, and whatever the topic du jour is for that uh, for that day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for you, Bill, yeah, I know you close your shop for one or two days and, and you even pay your employees for this time. It has that, and I mean, it's a stupid question, but the, it, you see it's worth it, you know, for the long term. And I, you're a guy, I don't know, you, I've known you for 10 years and watched your numbers for 10 years. And for 10 years, you've been one of the top earners uh, um, of all the 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 people I look at and I get to see, you know, I think Ryan, you're a top earner. Um, uh, wasn't always that way, but you're, you've been there for the last six or seven years. Um, you know, I, obviously you see great value in, in, in having your people all on the same page and having a great culture that, that is about learning and growing and, and achieving. So, all right, we got, uh, uh, six minutes left about six, uh, what would your advice be to someone that's listening uh, in regards to uh, education and training? Um, we'll start with um, uh, Ryan. Well, I think a lot of shop owners, we're all on a journey, and we're going to be in different places in our journey. If a shop is, you know, further along in terms of size or budget, it, it might be easier for them to do training I don't think it has to be out of reach for anyone. I think you can be creative at times. Uh, I think it was you, Cecil, that recommended. I, I think I said, man, I'm just having a really hard time with the kind of cars that we work on. And you said, well, 
you know, just think wider and, and it could be a book. Uh, we had a technician several years ago who just had really had trouble with his habits. We just made him read a book about habits. Uh, for some of my service advisors, you know, there wasn't a lot locally. And so one of them I sent to Toastmasters. We sent a couple of managers to Dale Carnegie training. Uh, and that may not be as applicable for technicians, but going outside of the auto industry for any kind of management or sales or, I mean, there's, a, there's no shortage of training that's available online. So uh, I think a lot of people, they just get stuck in their head like, oh, it has to be automotive. It has to be from, you know, one of the known automotive training companies. And um, just if your culture really is about growing and, and being ready for the cars and the customers of tomorrow, you know, expand outside. Uh, and actually, another article I read recently said, you know, we're all comparing ourselves to other auto shops. We could be comparing ourselves to other businesses. Look at what other businesses are doing. Um, and so that's when I say like get training outside of the automotive. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting, you know, changes happening in the way consumers buy and learn. And that, that information is not always to be found inside the automotive industry. So that's all just uh, keep an open mind and, and don't just be locked into the automotive. And keep going. Holy smokes. Uh, BJ, same I would say that if you just sit back and you do nothing, you can expect the same results, right? Just do it, right? Change is good. Take one day, one process, or one class at a time. You'd be glad you did. Uh, but the big thing there is just be willing to change and listen uh, to what's out there and implement those change one day at a time. There's so much um, stuff. Like uh, we, we just did a culture thing on remarkable results last week uh, that I participated with uh, several other consultants. And I thought it was, I thought it was amazing, frankly. Um, one of the better things I've seen and, and heard and been a part of. Uh, there's so much, um, uh, uh, even free stuff now uh, that, that uh, holy smokes, just keep moving ahead. Uh, Kevin, your, your advice to the shop owner? Uh, I think be honest with yourself. Realize I, if you're a shop owner and you care about growth and you care about future and you care about your family, providing for your family, whether that be your work family or your personal family at home, if you're honest, you realize that the industry is changing and, and everything changes immensely. You, If you don't have a culture of learning and training right now, sit your guys down and say, hey, I've been evaluating where we are. I'm evaluating where we're going. I think that I can provide a better life, not only for myself, but for you guys and for your family. This is the direction that I think that we need to go. And if we go forward in learning technically, if we go forward in learning business-wise, if we can build a better relationship with our customers, it's not money in my pocket. It's a better, more secure future for all of us. So if you create a vision that they can see if you help them understand their importance and their part of achieving that vision of achieving that goal and the way that they can benefit from that i think introducing training would be a really easy sell uh, if they see their own families and their own futures is worth investing i think you can sell it simply and i think looking around in different areas ryan's right it doesn't have to be in this industry every time we go to disney I look at this and I marvel at how easily people take money out of their pocket and they take a lot of money out of their pocket and they leave there with huge smiles and they're really happy because they have learned as, as a business how to cater to you, how to build that kind of relationship and present the experience that you're willing to pay for. Uh, are we as shop owners creating that kind of experience to our customers leave thrilled with the way that they've been handled? Do they feel really good about what they've done? We have great, uh, as yourself, and 
there are great leaders in here that can show us how to develop the things that we don't know how to develop. There's so much information around us. Just look. There's stuff on YouTube. There's training locally. There's culture classes. There's business classes. There's technical stuff. Whatever you want to find in today's era of technology, if you can't find it, you're not looking. You're not taking it seriously because it's so available. I'm going to make a comment here because I think it's. I, I think I need to. Um, I have to be the example for my company. So if I'm not training, yeah. if I'm not studying, if I'm not learning, then the rest of the company I can't expect them to do that either. Very true. Um, I think that's that. That's really important. Um, uh, Bill, you get the last word, buddy. Your business is either growing or it's shrinking. If you think things are just right right now and you don't want to mess with it. Too bad, it's shrinking, it's dying. You need to be in charge, you need to you need to get out there in front and you need to educate your people, let them be educated and know what the direction of the business is because your business needs to grow continually. There is no hover. Okay, there is no hovering in business. You're either moving forward, you're moving backward. I wanna thank uh, the, the everyone that participated, Kevin Eckler, thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Klo, thank you. Uh, uh, Bill Greeno uh, uh, and uh, BJ Lee, love you guys. I'm so it's it's so exciting and so fun for me to be uh, associated with you guys and uh, to watch your growth and 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 you moving your companies forward. Again, thank you all for being here. Again, thanks guys so much for uh, uh, participating. Uh, I love it, and uh, I love you all. Take care. Take care, guys. Join us next time as the panel dives into the cost and return of investing your marketing into the chaotic world of social media. Subscribe at institutesleadingedge.podbean.com so you don't miss out. Or find us on Spotify and iTunes at The Leading Edge. Join the Institute group on Facebook and get advice from other top shop owners as well as our experienced consultants. Brought to you by the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Thanks for listening.